Sambudo to the Blessed One, the Lord, who fully attained perfect enlightenment. So disciples who have practiced well. Tamayang Bhagavandang Sadamang Sasangang To these the Buddha, the Dhamma and the Sangha Patipano Bhagavato Savakasango, the blessed one's disciples who have practiced well, Sankhang Namami, I bow to the Sangha. Handamayang Bhutasa Bhagavato Bhubhaganama Namor Tassa Bhagavato 
Pandamayangamabitutingaromase. Now let us chant in praise of the Dhamma. Founded by the Blessed One, Sandhi Dikor, apparent here and now, Akalikor, timeless, Ehipatikor, encouraging investigation, Obanaikor, leading onwards, Pajatan Vaitikapo in you. To be experienced individually by the wise, Tamahang Damang Abipurjayami Tamahang Damang Sirasanamami. I chant my praise to this teaching. I bow my head to this truth. <coughs> Handamayang Sankabi to Tingaroma say. Now let us chant in praise of the Sangha. Supati Pano Bhagavato Savaka Sango. They are the blessed ones, disciples who have practiced well. Ujjupati Pano Bhagavato Savaka Sangho Who has practiced directly Nyaya Pati Pano Bhagavato Savaka Sangho Who has practiced insightfully Samiti Pati Pano Bhagavato Savaka Sangho those who practice with integrity, yati tang chantari purisayukani adapurisapukala. That is the four pairs, the eight kinds of noble beings. Esabhagavato sawakasangho. These are the blessed one's disciples. Ahunayo Satwanda worthy of gifts, Pahunayo worthy of hospitality, Dakinayo worthy of offerings, Anjali Karaniyo worthy of respect, Anurjarang Punyaketanglokasa. They give occasion for incomparable goodness to arise in the world. Tamahang Sangang Abhipurjayami Tamahang Sangang Sirasanamami I chant my praise to this Sangha. I bow my head to this Sangha.
listening to the <clears throat> sounds of the morning and the sound of silence in the background. So this uh, opening, receiving, relaxed attention Hear this sound of the air conditioner. So this uh, just open to sound to to vibration without uh, you know seeking to find anything, but just uh, attentive, open receptivity. <clears throat> pure consciousness so this is like <clears throat> mindfulness is a uh, It's the kind of <clears throat> the essence, the whole, the Buddha emphasized sati in a, in a way that no, never heard any other founder of religion uh, put mindfulness in, as the kind of uh, the es essential, the essential teaching. So the, remember the word Buddha itself means awakened consciousness, mindfulness, wisdom. <clears throat> so by by this effortless effort is where we <laughs> paradoxes and whatnot, uh, oxymorons and. Because it isn't. It's not like I'm trying to pay attention, is it? It's it's just letting go, relaxing into the present, opening. That this attentiveness, this poised attention, is recognized. If I'm caught in a particular compulsive feeling that I've got to pay attention. I can recognize this, the kind of grasping idea of I've got to wake up and pay attention, and then grasping that feeling or that notion. It's not, it's not what I'm pointing I'm not trying to intimidate you and command you to pay attention, but to uh, encourage, to point, to... to uh, Try to uh, give you that confidence to trust yourself, to recognize this natural state. 
So a created state of attention is where you, you get caught in the idea, I've got to pay attention. And then you, you this leads to a kind of, this is a compulsive uh, tendency, you know, to grasp an idea and then try to, to make oneself do it. You can even grasp the idea of relaxed attention. I've got to relax and pay attention, and then, and that's not that's that's grasping the idea, grasping the words, and then you trying to make it happen. But this is isn't coming from that effort of me, this person trying to to get something or do something according to. Uh, somebody's instructions by sense of experimentation, investigation. This is this is the way. This is sense of spaciousness. If I stop trying, I can see uh, the tendency to, you know, the kind of compulsive uh, habits. The grasping idea of meditation, I must meditate. And I can make meditation into compulsive activity. But if I'm aware, then I can see that. I begin to notice that, that this kind of compulsive drive to practice meditation is, is like this. It's not a peaceful state of mind to be caught in that, in that kind of compulsive uh, pressure to I must do this. I mustn't be lazy. I must work hard. Then it's this kind of must and should, and all that is, uh, to me, creates this tension because as soon as somebody says you must or you should, then I you know, it, it definitely uh, affects the sense of myself. My self-view takes over and, and then I go try to do that or I rebel against it or whatever, this react to those two extreme reactions. Or to trust in the awareness of how somebody's commands affect me. But in order to really trust this, you, have, you, you need to recognize your, you know, the way, the compulsive way we even regard meditation or, you know, the, the, how you, uh, your personality and your tendency to grasp ideas and what that does, how that affects you physically and mentally. Now, using the, recognizing that this is the only, this is it, this, this here and now. Pachubana is the Pali word for the present. 
இவங்க பச்சுப்பான தம்மா த டைம்லெஸ் அகாலிக தம்மா இட்ஸ் யூனோ சோ இட்ஸ் நாட் மேட்டர் ஆஃப் டுமாரோ ஆர் எஸ்டர்டேஸ் குட் மெடிடேஷன் வாஸ் ரியலி குட் தம்மா பட் ரைட் நவ் திஸ் இஸ் யூனோ மை மைண்ட்ஸ் கோயிங் ஆல் ஓவர் த பிளேஸ் அண்ட் அண்ட் the memories of yesterday that was really good practice but right now it's you know i'm not practicing very well. this is this is not pachubana dhamma you're recognizing you're caught in views about what's good dhamma and yourself and good practice and and what is bad practice so this is just to recognize this that good and bad and and that are arise through thinking which it creates division yesterday's practice that was really good today's no good can't concentrate <laughs> now listening to that you know not not to you know t- trying to say you know to to intimidate you in any way but to just pay attention to to what you're thinking the way you you hold even the 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 concepts of meditation good practice bad practice your ability yourself as a meditator as a as good one or not very good one these are concepts and illusions you're creating you know you you're creating i'm i can't practice today i'm not my mind's all over this is this is if we believe this don't look at this in terms of condition then we 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 do become someone who's having a tough time with our meditation today and we actually decide that's the way we're going to be at this time then the suffering is a result but even in your most miserable states and restless uh mental states there's always this reflective ability it's like this and this sense of this is i can't meditate is is something you create in the present so with awareness you can actually you know listen to it this is this is something it is what it is you know i am i am i'm uh, my mind's wandering and i can't meditate today is i i i deliberately think it out so that i can see it as an object rather than grasp this view and then then let all my experience uh, be affected by my grasping of this particular view of myself so some days it's like it's sunny or rainy or some days are cold and some days are hot and it goes like this <laughs> the emotions the emotions are like that you know they you can't just you know have on the emotional level the different things are affecting us and of course we don't know all the all the things that could be affecting us at this moment you know you could imagine anything 
and the, the, all the psychic realms and the Devadas and the Brahma Lokas and, the, and all the kind of Mara, forces of Mara that, that could be, you know, operating, particularly aiming at Spirit Rock at this very moment or... <laughs> You know, anything you imagine is possible because the universe is vast and, and, and it's interdependent. So, you know, it's not just an isolated me, you know, with, that nothing affects me. <clears throat> but I can't know all the, in infinite detail and trace everything to, to an external source. So, the, this is the Buddha's teaching of, you know, look, be aware from this, from this point here of, say, like, look at your jitta. Because here we can, it's not a matter of deciding where, how this is and why I feel this way and why this mood is here and whose fault it is, is it and, and, and endlessly, is it, is it because of Jupiter and Saturn, or is it <laughs> just something, you know, wrong with me because I didn't sleep well last night? Or, you know, you could spend the time trying to figure it all out. But that's a waste of time because you can't really know all that. And it's not necessary to trace it to some external cause because your now your relationship to what you're experiencing is from the deathless consciousness rather than from some kind of personal position where you've got to figure out why and how it all comes and happens like this and so that from this position of awareness then you know, we're reflecting on it is the way it is. And whatever quality, quantity, uh, whatever form, formless, amorphous, clear-cut, precise, fuzzy, any of these kind of adjectives describing, you know, what the kind of experience you're having right now, aware of, you know, aware of the aramana, the, the puto aware of the dhamma. So this um, deathless consciousness, awareness, this aligns itself, these terms are, are pointing at just this simple reality of attention, 
relaxed attention, which, in, which is, is not fixed on anything, it's not attached. When you relax and, and, and open, and you, you can hear this, what I call sound of silence. And rather than, then we can think, I've got, to, I've got to practice with the sound of silence and grasp the idea. And desperately, you know, once we get the idea of sound of silence, we grasp the idea again. And we can be compulsive, you know, trying to, to really, you know, get it. Attain the deathless path. So this is where this sense of relaxing and opening is an attitude rather than finding it and get and grasping it. Because you can't grasp it, you grasp the idea and, uh, and that's deluding. So you know, it's no, noticing that the, the words themselves can get in the way actually. Le- learning to use language and words not as, th- as things to grasp but Suggestions or pointers, you know, well, this is a skillful use of language. We're not defining and and um, telling you, you know, how how you should practice and what you should be doing, but using like the Dhamma teachings to not just grasp those teachings and and then try to try to make yourself. Uh, uh, experience uh, suffering and so forth through grasping the ideas, but their their dhamma teachings pointing at here and now, pachubana dhamma, awakened attention to dukkha. And this awakened attention, then, your relationship to dukkha is one of awareness, not of ownership of that dukkha. So not to own, not to be the owner and the possessor of dukkha is to trust in this awareness, because then there's nobody to possess dukkha. You know, you're not creating the illusion that I'm suffering and because uh, this or that. There's a recognition of the, the conditioned realm from this position of the unconditioned, this natural state, this natural state of being, in which the condition then is in perspective and you, you're aware of it in terms of the way it is. And then this anicca is, is a characteristic all conditioned phenomena is impermanent.
So this, uh, this to me is the, the like this. Uh, there is the uncreated, unborn, unformed, unoriginated. Therefore, there is escape from the created, the formed, the born, the originated. It's a, in the scriptures. This is like um, this is like perfect uh, in words. You know, this this gives the the whole the 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 paradigm really in words in concepts the unborn and then the born the uncreated the created the formed and the unformed the conditioned and unconditioned. And then the, there is escape, there is a way of being free from the created, the conditioned, the form, the originated. Because there is the uncreated, unconditioned, unformed, unoriginated. So what is that unformed, uncreated, unborn, unoriginated now? You know, it's not, it's not a thing, it couldn't be some kind of thing you find. Because you can't even imagine it. You know, when, when you imagine things, it's a, you imagine the formed and the created, the born, the originated. That's some images, isn't it? Thoughts, images, creation. Uncreated, try to imagine it. And you form an image, and kind of like, my mind goes blank. I just can't, you know, I can understand it, uh, a kind of abstract idea, but trying to create a form of this may be a zero, or like in the Zen Buddhism, a blank wall. <laughs> and it leads to, on the, on the level of, Thinking, it leads to kind of uh, an annihilationism, doesn't it? Like, it, it just, it, you know, on the logic, it, it sounds like uh, annihilationism. Where if you say the, talk about uh, the unconditioned in the form, like God, the Father, and Jesus, and things like this, then that's a form, isn't it? So, and that is easy to relate to, you know, like a father figure, a kindly, perfect father, or a, a compassionate savior. These are, you know, these are forms, beautiful forms, images. But the unformed, uncreated, and so this this is, you know, intuitive awareness. You you can't you you're not trying to to figure it out or create any, any images or trying to find something called the uncreated, but it's through this simple, imminent act of awakening. You are that, you know, it's like, this is it, just this. Nothing fantastic, nothing, you know, world-shaking and, and, uh, and, and uh, you know, overwhelming. It's, it's so ordinary, so present. 
so ob so in its way obvious, but it's also it's uh, so subtle. We we our whole conditioning process is always ignoring it, overlooking it, never recognizing, always looking for something out there, looking far away. So this is where, like, a mindfulness is opening and recognizing. It's just this. And then the thinking mind is, I don't see anything, you know. I don't feel any different. <laughs> What's he talking about? You know, <laughs> just this. So that's why the, the emotional reactions and the thinking process, you know, is investigate that, you know, listen, uh, and, you know, observe what thinking is, you know, so that you, you're, not, you're not caught in the thought process, you're not uh, attached and blinded by your own thoughts and emotional reactions. So you kind of this sense of stability, of unshakability, is from awareness. Uh, some people feel, you know, if it's ordinary, you know, ordinary can mean it's boring and mediocre. Because uh, the self, you know, my, my self image is, you know, I never wanted to be ordinary or mediocre. I always wanted to be fascinating and special. And a big insult of, you know, way it put, really put somebody down and say, well, you know, they're just ordinary, you know, nothing special. Don't waste your time with them. <laughs> but she's, she's absolutely fantastic, you know. Absolutely, you know, most interesting, fabulous personality I've ever met. And then you think, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and so mediocre and ordinary is, is you know, in, in terms of values, value judgments is a kind of, you know, not worth bothering with. So Nibbana is ordinary, they, sounds boring to me, you know. Spend your time here, 10 day retreat, and just to, for something ordinary? <laughs> Waste of your money, isn't it? <laughs> so that's the thinking mind, you know. Ordinary is, uh, you know, is, is, uh, as a value judgment, can you know, it doesn't sound very attractive. 
But I'm not using it as a value judgment, as some kind of description of Nibbana, uh, describing Nibbana, but, but it's a way of pointing it. And when we're looking for something special, isn't it? Like we, we make the concept of Nibbana as something special. Well, when Nibbana is special, what does it do when it's some rare kind of attainment, some desired goal, <clears throat> something very high, and, and that, you know, that can inspire, the, the, the concept can inspire. But if, the more we kind of adulate it and, and, and make it so, into something so, so high and special, then we feel, you know, it's, it's too high for us to reach. Because that's how they, you know, they, they, uh, you know this is a matter of high and low. And if, it, if it's neither high nor low, it's ordinary. Here and now, timeless. Well, then what, you know, it... What is it then? Because we, if we've already conceived nirvana as some kind of heavenly, kind of blissful state, uh, then uh, right now you may not feel you're in heaven at all or blissful at all. And you can even feel ordinary, bored, just ordinary, you know, indifferent. And so you, you, you know, then the, the idea of Nibbana becomes so special, such a high attainment. This is thinking, isn't it? This is what thinking does and, and the way we, we rate things on that dualistic spectrum of good, bad, better, best. So uh, the unconditioned is not operating on that level of, of dualism. You know, it's not, Nibbana is not, you know, if we think of it as the best or the highest, that's misleading. Even though it's oftentimes described, the high, this described as the highest happiness. But this is where, you know, to see the, what, how deluding even our own thoughts and language can be if, if that's all we ever, if that's how we experience our, you know, our practice is just based on ideas and theories and, and values and our wishes for attainment and so forth, then we're caught. We, you know, we, we can spend our whole lifetime meditating and, and really, you know, we might get high off it sometimes. You kind of get refined mental states, but you can't. They're not sustainable. You know, they are impermanent. So, so this awakening then is the ordinary consciousness in which we we uh, we we realize, we recognize it. It's not. We don't, we don't have it. We don't know it. We don't see it. We don't value it. But this is where this, this, this uh, awakening, sense of awakened attention here and now, 
apparent here and now, timeless, encouraging investigation, leading inwards, to be experienced individually by the wise. So the uncreated, unformed is is not, is, you know, the words themselves suggest just this attentiveness because when you try to look for it, you're creating some kind of, you're looking for something, some idea that you have about it rather than trusting intuitive awareness and the ability to, to open and receive life from this center point, from the still point of the turning world. So this, this kind of awakened <clears throat> knowing, you know, to the world seems worthless. You know, worldly values are about extremities, 
success and happiness and, you know, becoming somebody, being special, not being ordinary. So it seems worthless in the, in the worldly terms. And this is like the, our language, our thinking process is for the world. You know, it's, a, it's created out of the worldly uh, experiences. But then, <clears throat> even though it seems worthless, it, you know, when you recognize it, it's priceless. Priceless. There's no no way you could, <clears throat> you know, it's <clears throat> you couldn't buy it. It's beyond, you know, even, you know, no matter how wealthy, all the money in the world couldn't buy this. It's beyond price. And yet, in terms of worldly thinking, it's worthless. Well, this is a reflection. <laughs> I like to see these two words, worthless and priceless. Not worth anything, but beyond price.
can finish with the suffusion with divine abidings uh, in Pali on page 30. Annamayam chaturapamanya obhasanam karomase meta sahagate nachetasa eka visang bhavita bhaviharati datatatiyang datatatiyang datatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatat
Patipano Bhagavato Savaka Sangho The Blessed One's disciples who have practiced well Sangang Namami I bow to the Sangha 